and you have reached Alisa and Giles podcast. And this is Lisa and Jael Trinity, also known as L.A.J. Trinity. So listen, y'all, let's go. listening to his music. See, let me tell you something about black people. We we do this thing where if we, we we good with your music and we've been we've been following for a long time. We've been we've been listening to your music for a long time. Oh yeah listen I know listen I know Ty listen when I was this since this young since this young I've been knowing Ty for a long time. Listen to his music and everything. Listen I, I haven't met him personally but listen I've been knowing him for a long time. So uh listen Fix my hat. It looks crooked in the camera. My hat looks crooked in the camera. But listen, I'm gonna look. I don't know if I have to look this way. I looked it. I, if I, I look, if I look this way, it's gonna look up. It's gonna. I think I'm. It's, it looks like I'm going to be looking up at heaven. I love you, Jesus. So I, I don't mind looking up at heaven. But I think I'm going to look here. So listen. I have missed you all so much that I, I, I'm going to try not to be self-conscious about my teeth. I am up for some surgeries, including my teeth, and um, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very excited about getting my. Let me talk about this for a moment. I'm very excited. Let me move back a little. I'm very excited about getting my teeth done. Now, listen, I have, I, I'm emailing, listen, I'm emailing some people because, you know, I, 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 I'm anxious to get back to work and, 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 and network with people and I'm, I'm getting an email. So thank you so much for throwing me bones. Listen, I, and I thank you for the bones I have enough meat so thank you but um listen i'm very excited about getting my teeth my teeth and then my liposuction uh oh and then guess what the red carpet because that means i have been working so i i have goals. I have goals. I have dreams. I have Jesus. Okay, so uh, I know that was churchy. Did it make your stomach hurt? I'm sorry. But in all seriousness, in all seriousness, There are wicked people in the world. 
And you are crazy if you disagree. Make sure my volume is up. I have been through a lot in general in the course of my life. For those who may not know my story, or maybe you know my story but don't know the entirety of my story, which I won't disclose it now, but I'll give you some partial. Just an abbreviated version. I was, I was, I was born and raised in a very large family. Very large family. 12 plus people. And, uh... I was diagnosed with autism very young. My mother who, my, 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 my then mother who I no longer call my mother because I am now, um, let's just say I have uh, separated myself from my parents who used to be called my parents. I mean, it's enough. I, I cut them off. I was, just a sidebar for a minute, there was a post that Steve Harvey did on Twitter some years ago. Or maybe I heard it on, on Facebook. I can't remember which one. But he said that anything that disturbs your peace, you have to cut off, paraphrasing what he was talking about. Anything that interrupts your peace, you have to cut off. And sometimes that are they are members of your own household or members of your own family. Anything that steals your peace is not God. Because the Bible says God gives us peace. He gives to us peace. And rest to the righteous, paraphrasing the scripture. And then I have another saying that is personally mine. Anything that hurt is not God. Or is it anything that hurts? I should know better because I'm an English major. But anything that hurts is not God. Anything that hurts is not God. Because God is a God of love and peace. He is not in the business of division. He multiplies and adds. But when it comes to your peace and that which is disturbing, the progress of you growing into a healthy human being and 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 being able to contribute to other people and live your life so that you can gain purpose so that you can be a good influence so that you can then make a difference in the world anything that interrupts God's because then that's God's plan anything that interrupts God's plan is, is not is not God so I had to cut them off I was I was abused very very abused I, I got it worse I got I got it worse out of everybody in the house I got it worse Now, the one thing about God is that he does two things. He does reveal and he does exposing. 
And there's two and, and there are two different things. You cannot use them interchangeably. When God God is revealing something, he is usually either He is usually either bragging on you. Maybe it's revelation he's giving you. Whether it's scripture or whether it's about something else in your life pertaining to you and your family. But when he does a reveal, it is not to dis dis discipline you. When he does a reveal, usually it is to brag on you or to give you revelation, for instance. But if he exposes you, if there is an exposure, if he exposes you, he is then saying, you are a lesson. Somebody needs to learn from you. You are a lesson. You are a bad person. You are a lesson. If someone exposes something about you, you have done something wrong and you need discipline and or punishment. So I'm exposing some of the things that I have gone through as a child and or as an adult. Because I don't want people looking at, me, looking at me sideways talking about your mother's stage 4 cancer and you're not speaking to her. No! She's stage 4 cancer because that's karma. Now, I was always afraid of my mother. And if anybody knows her, she enjoys being intimidating from yelling to screaming, to threatening, to calling, to name calling, to physicality wise and hitting her children and grandchildren. Oh. I'm sorry, I had to, uh, let's get, okay, so let me just calm down for a second. So even when it came to physical abuse, at the hands of my parents, it was serious. Um, I was diagnosed with autism, severe autism, as early as three years old. I didn't talk, I was mute, not often me, but I was mute. I didn't, I didn't speak a syllable until I was really five. And then I didn't communicate until I was really eight. Where it was, of course, a dialogue with me and the other person. I only went to two people in the whole world. Two people in the whole world. That was a sister I had on my father's side. And my cousin, first cousin from, a first cousin from my mother's side. There was two people in the whole world that I went to. If they could ask me a question, if I had, if they needed, if someone needed to know something, then they would, they would be able to talk to me and maybe get the answer from me. But two people in the whole world, in the entire world, just two. Now, <clears throat> she refused to 
take me to the doctors and she refused to get me uh, additional help and resources to help with my autism. Refused. Teachers, uh, the pastor at the time tried to talk to her and it was a no. She said no. She said no. For whatever reason, she said no. The abuse got so bad in the house that it became traumatizing. And to make the long story short, CPS came into the home, removed me at the age of 13 years of age. I stayed in foster care for five years in the system. in a foster home. But the abuse, the kind of abuse I'm talking about, she got creative. It wasn't enough to just beat us. It wasn't enough to just beat us. She would Strip us. Let me just say me. I'm going to say me because you know I, I I've got some I, I've got some siblings who who condone her behavior. So let me just talk about Lisa. What Lisa went through. I don't want to hear nobody else mouth. Let me just talk about what Lisa went through. So she would strip me naked. She would put me in a tub. During the course of the bath, she would beat me until I bled or rocked. I was about, I was three, four or five years old. This is, this is going on the whole, my whole life, my whole childhood. She got creative. She then started to call what we remember as, what I remember as over the chair. That was her, that was her term for this kind of uh, abuse over the chair she would place me take off my clothes place me belly first on a chair with a back on it have me hold the front of the legs make my legs dangle from the back and she would beat me until I bled or welt until I bled and or welt. And if I didn't cry, I couldn't get up from the chair until she heard me cry. You had to cry. You're not crying yet. You're not crying yet. So you see, I was very stubborn too. I was stubborn and autistic, so I definitely didn't speak. When you got a chest out a stubborn child, then they're autistic. They're not speaking anyway. My whole childhood, until 13, had not CPS come and removed us, God only knows. Removed me. Pardon me. I got a little excited. Hope, you know, in retrospect, maybe I just wanted some other people to be safe. Removed me.
when I got too old to beat, to make the long story short, I won't go into too much. I, I, well, I was once in forced to care. I had to make a choice between lesser of two evils. I chose to go back to Freeport, New York. Uh, to live with them because at the time the house I was living in in foster care was not the best home and I had to pick the lesser of two evils and thus I chose to go back home because at least I could have a slice of pizza and operate within my community and go to church. With that being said, the abuse began to occur again. When I got too old to beat, they began to incarcerate me in psychiatric facilities. Psychiatric facilities and wards. Lying to law enforcement. Lying to doctors. Doctors placing me on harsh medications. Even though I didn't have a mental illness. Single parent, I was two children. Doing very well as a single parent, but the abuse from these people. Life has not always been kind to me. I have a problem with the psychiatric. I don't like that word. It's a made-up word. I have a, a I have a problem with the psychology industry, with a lot of the professionals there. The coins. These people are not the patients to you. See, I can speak from both sides as a professional. Because I also am a therapist and Christian counselor. Been doing it for a very long time. And a patient. Now I wasn't supposed to be a patient. And it's a mess. The psychology field is... A mess and I, I invite you to go onto my LinkedIn page and look at some of my published articles. They're very good. One of which I talk about this topic. How many of the professionals have become products of their own environment and they need help. Excuse me. You have professionals in the psychology field murdering people for the coins. For those who don't know, the medication, the psychiatric medications that are placed um, in the files of these patients, they're mandated for them to take a very harsh medications. Now, I'm not anti-medication. 
but most certainly can't fabricate documents and, 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 and affidavits to try and mandate a patient when they're not mentally ill and, and, and or that you have misdiagnosed with now they have irreversible side effects and you're killing them slowly prescription too high wrong prescription a nurse came in for she had a alcohol a drug addiction excuse me put on they put on psych, anti-psychotic medication I said, well, what they got you that, that, why are you on that? You, you need to be in rehab. She said she couldn't even work no more because of the side effects. She couldn't work anymore. It stole her life in Korea. Somebody said, well, maybe the drugs did. Well, no, if she got rehab. See, re when you have a drug addiction, you, you are completely, at, you, you can be complete, you can recover. Not so with the harsh medications. You cannot recover. I'm a living witness. You, it's hard to recover. In most cases, you don't. I had a psychiatrist one day tell me, "I'm taking you on. Who put you? This? Who put? Is it? And it was this person. This particular doctor was a Indian woman out of a different at a particular agency, and uh, she said, "Who put you? Who put?" Who put you on this? I'm taking you off. They had me on some dog on how dog. Jacking me up completely. She said, you don't even need this. Why who put who gave this to you? She took me off. <coughs> I said, well, you know, I ain't got no problems, no mental problems, but they got me taking this mess. It's making me sick. She took me off. She said this will cause, she directly told me, she said, Lisa, don't ever take this again. This will directly cause irreversible side effects. You will not recover. She told me straight out. So, I've been through a lot. And I am so upset at doctors doing everything for the coin. Now I'm not going to stay on this soapbox. I'm not going to slide around and, uh, on this topic anymore. But I've been away from you because, hold on, for the last month and a half, I was in the hospital. I won't mention names, I won't mention facilities, I won't mention agencies. I was in the hospital. It was false imprisonment. It was false imprisonment. Fraudulent activity. 
I said, these people are trying to kill me. These people are trying to sabotage my lifestyle, my career, my reputation, my health. I'm a good person. I had a hard life. Raped, raped at 19. My first child born out of rape. I hate abortion because I have beautiful children. God forbid had I even considered abortion. I wouldn't have Kayla. I wouldn't have Caleb. And they're gorgeous. I got hot kids. Had a tough life. I was 105 before they put me on all this bad medication. Now I'm almost 300 pounds. It's not easy being this heavy at five feet tall. My doctor, however, approved my PCP, approved my liposuction, thank God. So uh, the weight is coming off. But uh, is I've had a very difficult journey I am a good person and let me tell you I'm just waiting on karma to kick in. And you can take that any way you want it. Take it any way you want to. But what could have made me bitter? B-I-T-T-E-R has made me better. B-E-T-T-E-R I take what I went through to ensure that it doesn't happen to anybody else and I pour into others what I need for myself in return that is the quickest route to the same in me is to give to others what you then in need return for yourself and God remembers you the weight isn't easy. 
You have to be patient. No one likes to be in need and no one enjoys waiting. But God is good for it. going to end the video here. Hope I got everything. For those who have also had difficult lives, whether it was abuse, whether you were sexually molested, whether you were abandoned, whether you were neglected, whether you were unloved, God loves you. And if you are still waiting, as I am on karma, I've got news for you. The Bible says, He who waits on the Lord will renew their strength. Be strong, be good, and keep the faith. God is good for it. Now the pain doesn't come from him, but he's a healer. He's a healer. I'm a witness. He's a healer. Now I'm ready to move to Europe and marry some hot exotic guy and have sex and and I'm gonna be skinny of course, but uh and um, do ministry and help people. That's my that that's a that's a that's a good plan, right? That's a, that's a good plan. So listen, guys, I'm going I'm going to leave you now, and uh, I'm going to end my video. I missed you guys, though. I thought about you guys while I was in the hospital. I did. I missed you. So. Um, Have a good one and love God much because he most certainly loves you. Have a good day. Did I say today's date? I'm sorry. Today is October 7, 2023. It's roughly about 1030 in the morning. Have a good one. This is Lisa Angel Trinity coming at you now. Be back at you again at some point, most likely tomorrow. It's Sabbath, and as you know, I always do a Sabbath podcast. Um, I expound on scripture, and I'm, I'm, I'm really good. So tune in. Okay. Peace, y'all. Thank you for joining 
Alisa and Giles podcast, where my motto is, you could always be a better version of who you were before. You could always be a better version of who you were before.